<clears throat> yeah, so I've been up since 4 a.m. Uh, Central Time, which is 5 a.m. Uh, our time, which, you know, time zones are a construct. Uh, so I don't really understand how any of that works. And I don't like them, period. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I'm so tired because, like, in my head, I'm like, I got up at 4 a.m. But now that I'm back in the in New Jersey, I'm like, I got up at 5 a.m. But really, I got up at 4 a.m. Um, and because I was in Iowa, because there's only one flight or like one Allegiant Air only flies to and from Des Moines from the airport nearest me Mondays and Fridays. So I flew out Monday. I came home today, Friday. And I spent, you know, a good four days there. And then one of my team members came up from Columbia, Missouri, and we went and just hit up all of these clients and just did like, we did four Ubiquity stack installs and then met a new client who's, uh, met a client who's moving and then sent them a code for an entire Ubiquity stack install, which will happen in October. So we just like bum rushed around town all over, you know, uh, and just crushed that's what you got to do sometimes as an owner you got to get your hands dirty we went into a client who's like they had um their old internet provider ran the fiber in like a two inch metal conduit pipe and the new internet provider was digging outside to run their fiber and then it rained and so all the water pulled up and then went through the two inch pipe and poured mud water all over their networking gear like two weeks ago like they knew we were coming to swap out the networking gear anyway but like Two weeks ago, all of their stuff just got mud all over it. And so we had oh, to go that's... there and like remove all of like like a Mac mini server and a Pegasus raid or some raid and some like networking and their UPS. It was just all covered just brown mud. And like this, the outlets are all singed and such. And we're like, maybe we shouldn't use these. Um, but cleaned the whole thing up, took a bottle of 409 to the whole thing because that's all they had in their kitchen. <laughs> Uh, took a swig of it just to deal with all the mud, and uh, wiped it clean and, and and put a rack, put a clean, give him a give him a stack and a rack and a pat on the back, and then <laughs> and then we walked away. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm still recovering from Channel Con uh, because I don't do time zones well. Like I don't know, going like to Europe, I'm fine, but right. going out to the west coast of of the U.S. it just kills me, and I don't know why. Because it's too little of a difference of time, right? When you go to Europe, London's five, six hours ahead, depending on when you go. That's a half a day. Right. When you go to LA, you're spending half a day on a plane and you're losing and you're gaining you're losing the three hours on the backside. So you don't feel like it's that much of a of a and you're like, Oh, I I should stay awake and do these things. Like I remember I went to LA a couple of years ago for work. And we went out for dinner with some friends at like eight o'clock at night. And I'm like, it's 1130 my time. And I'm first having dinner. I'm like falling asleep eating bucatini or whatever. I was. Uh, <laughs> um, some sort of pasta. Cause you know, yeah. Uh, and I like falling asleep, like in it, like, cause I'm so, cause it's like 1130 at night. But reality, it's 830 at night. Time zones are a contract. Time is a construct. It's best line by Hannibal Burris in that movie tech. What's up, everybody? Justin here from the All Things MSP podcast. I am here with my good friend, OG host and podcast producer extraordinaire, Mr. Eric Anthony. Uh, today, we are talking about work travel, time zones, and what I like to call rack stacks and pat on the backs. 
Well, I got a good, I got pretty good at two, considering how tired I am. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, it was a lot of things that rhymed and alliteration and stuff like that, all in one sentence. So, <laughs> uh, we were going to talk today a little bit about racks, uh, basically what you have in your rack at home, what I have in my rack at home, and basically what we install or what you used to and what I currently install as our network stack at our clients. Um, because I, I have a I have a really weird opinion on on what people choose and why. <laughs> but it wouldn't be a show if I didn't have an odd opinion about things. That's true. It would be uh, absolutely boring. It would be. So you just came back from ChannelCon. How was that? It was good. I mean, you know, it's ChannelCon. It's not your traditional vendor forward show, right? It, it's right. industry forward show. So. There was a lot of great stuff on, uh, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, marketing. There was, there was a big push on like video content, which was really good. And then just uh, security still is the hot topic that everybody's talking about. And of course, one of the fun things about ChannelCon when we have it in Vegas, it's usually right around the same time as Black Hat. Because right. Black Hat was this week, ChannelCon was uh, was last week, and uh, so about halfway through the week last week, the hotel Wi-Fi got compromised. <laughs> well, actually, I have a kind of a similar story. Uh, so I was in Iowa this week, and we were sitting at a Holiday Inn in Urbandale, and the Wi-Fi was problematic. And one of my guys from Columbia and I were up in we're in town. We were doing a bunch of ubiquity installs. And he couldn't get the Wi-Fi to work, so he just plugged right into the network and went to 192.168.2.1 or whatever the router address is. And it pulled up a Unify console. And he's like, oh, we should tell them that we can fix this. And so I went downstairs, and we had already kind of become friendly with the general manager who was there, and I just went to Jody. And I was like, here's my card. Your Wi-Fi is not working. We can fix it. And she's like, I'm going to call my boss right now because our current IT company has not called me back in four days or whatever it was. And um, we went out for dinner and we came back and she's like, I called my bosses. They said they're going to call me in the morning and we'll figure something out. And by the next afternoon, all the Wi-Fi was working again. So I'm pretty sure that we did, whilst we may not have gotten the job, uh, the boss has called and said, hey, there are some guys in my lobby right now who are pitching on fixing the thing that you haven't fixed in weeks. Fix it now. And all of a sudden, the Wi-Fi completely changed. The, the router address changed. The splash page changed. Yeah. <laughs> and now it didn't say powered by Unify. It said powered by Holiday Inn. Like, all of these things got put into place. And look, so worst case scenario is I fixed the Wi-Fi for everyone in the hotel while I was there. Uh, maybe we'll get it. Maybe we'll not. But it's just really funny, those kind of scenarios when you run into them. Because you have to be able to take advantage of those also. Like, oh, you it's ubiquity? We do ubiquity. Let's, let's, let's help you out kind of thing. So Well, and I, I think it's... Honestly, I think it's kind of all of our responsibilities that when we see something that's not working or broken, that we should say something about it. Um, <laughs> now, I know this is not what we said we were going to talk about, but we've gone, we've started down this road anyway with hotel sure. Wi-Fi. Uh, yeah. What what do you do when you're on the road? What's your standard keep myself secure while I'm traveling on the road configuration? Don't ask me these kind of questions. I don't care. No, I um, I'll connect to the hotel Wi-Fi, but I will not. I will not do banking. Like 
Uh, I, I, as an IT provider, knowing I know what the IT provider of the hotel can see me do, not do, whatever. So uh, I will not do banking off the hotel Wi-Fi. If I have to do banking, I'll do it from my phone or I'll connect to my phone as a mobile hotspot. But for the rest of the stuff, you know, it's it's normal HTTPS traffic, 98% of my, my work. So I'm not terribly, terribly concerned. As long as I know I'm on the right Wi-Fi and like they give me a password or I have to go through their, their splash page and their terms of services or whatever it is. Um, but I will not... Um, I will not connect to like the airport Wi-Fi's ever. I Newark Airport has free Wi-Fi and like in a in a pinch, or maybe I'll just throw my phone on it if I just need to like download a file off of Slack or something. But I do not trust the what is it the Boingo Boingo network um, yeah. that's in all the airports, right? Um, I so I I don't I don't I don't join that one because I've seen. The, the Newark airport is like underscore free EWR network. And I've seen it list more than once, which tells me that like somebody's spoofing or doing something yeah. silly. And, and most people wouldn't recognize that. They would just think it's some sort of like UI glitch or whatever it is. So I, I will try not to, um, if I don't have to connect to an airport Wi-Fi. But in the hotel, especially I was in, I was in Iowa for four and a half days. Like I'm not going to not connect to their Wi-Fi. Um, and also you never know about cell service. So yeah. you got to do what you got to do. You know, there, there are certain things also keep in mind. I'm on a Mac. That's so a little bit different. I think if you're on a windows machine, you should definitely be running, you know, some sort of windows firewall, windows defender, whatever they're calling it these days. Um, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily go with the flow of like, you have to use a VPN to do everything, you know, because those are the people who have like Nord VPN and like, not saying that like, I don't like Nord VPN because I would love for them to be a sponsor, but at the same time, like there have been VPNs in the past where like they claim that because their data is in a non extradition country, that it means that your data is safe and you can do whatever you want on it. But like, that also means you don't know what they're doing with your data. Yeah. Right. So it's it, it's 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 not it's not always uh, peaches and cream when it when it comes down to um, that kind of stuff. So I don't always believe that. If I have to do client work, I, I try to connect to their VPN and be on their on their network. Um, back when people had servers in house, um, but now that most of my clients are on uh, this amazing cloud file share service that I that I found that has like an amazing subset with workflows and tasks and uh, an entire department dedicated to security security and governance uh <laughs> i won't say who it's not dropbox um but you know mo- since most of the stuff is done through that i don't really have to worry about it because all the HTTPS traffic anyway but it's not that big of a deal for me so i'm okay with the um i'm okay with the hotel wi-fi i'm not okay yeah. with free wi-fi in starbucks or uh, uh, in the airport or anything like that. I will right. say my, my Starbucks, my Starbucks, I will bend on the Starbucks thing if I'm in another country and I do not have data on my phone. So like I was in Japan, I mean, we're talking about years ago at this point and I needed to get online. And if I used any data on my like Japanese SIM card that I borrowed, it was immediately like $20. And I was in a Starbucks and I was like, I could just use their Wi-Fi for free. And so that I, I risked it for the biscuit uh, because yeah, 
you, when you when you look at Wi-Fi names in in and they're all Japanese, and there's one that just says Starbucks. You're like, got it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm probably a little more paranoid than you are. Um, yeah. So I I actually well, and I I at least last year. This year, not so much. But last year, I was traveling a lot. I, I was going. I was in a new hotel at least every other week, right? If not every week. And so I, I ended up buying one of those little portable routers. You know, it's like four inches by four inches by an inch tall, mm -hmm. and it allows you to not only plug in if there's a cable, which is great, but also it allows me to uh, connect to Wi-Fi through that router, and then my devices connect to my router. It gives me another basic firewall. So it's one more step than all the other guests in the hotel that somebody's got to break through. But right. it also gives me the convenience of being able to run all of my devices through my router instead of having to connect each one to the splash page and everything. And maybe only, you know, be, being limited to one device at a time, which is ridiculous. Right. Uh, so, so I do that. And then if, if I'm not doing that, I'm typically hotspotting through my phone. I've seen, I've seen ads for those routers. And I think conceptually speaking, I think they're pretty, they're pretty cool and they're very secure. Right. Cause like most of them are basically just like raspberry Pis with some added things, which is nice because like you could, like you said, have multiple devices connected and you only need to go through the splash page once. Um, you could throw things in there like pie hole, uh, which is uh, for, you know, uh, ad blocking and, and security, things like that. So, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of benefits to using those things. You know, again, when I'm, when I'm at a hotel and I'm on site all day long, like when I get back to the hotel, I'm, if I'm on my laptop, I'm reading CNN, I'm looking at Facebook and then I'm on my phone watching TikTok or playing like Pokemon Go. I'm not, uh, I'm not doing a whole lot of client stuff at night in the hotel anyway. I'm doing client stuff at other clients, which I'm setting up their networks. So I don't care what scene are done because I'm the one in charge of it anyway. Um, but then I, what, what ends up happening and what I should have done this morning when I got back was like, I have to now do all of my like banking for the week because I didn't do it while I was away. Right. So now I right. can like catch up on all that. Right. Um, but I do like those little devices. I, I also, the, the other thing is for me, and again, I don't like carrying anything. Um, like I hate having, like whenever I'm carrying bags, like if I go shopping or whatever it is, carrying bags, I have this weird thing where like if my hands are not free, like I feel like I'm always going to get into a fight with somebody <laughs> and I need my hands free. So I don't like having anything in my hand. And, and that translated to like how much stuff I have in my backpack, right? Like I have this really awesome backpack. I bought an e-bags backpack. I got a Virtua patch on it. It's our logo. It's the whole nine. It's got, and it, it's got a, like all these pockets and slides and whatever. And like, it can hold like a lot, but like, I don't want to just have all that on my back. Right. I just, right. I just want my laptop. Like I just want to take out my laptop and use it. And because it's a MacBook pro M series, the battery lasts all day. So I don't have to charge it at night at the hotel. Um, so it's just my laptop in the back. and like, that's it. Yeah. Uh, the less I have to carry, the better. The other thing is like, I can't imagine trying to go through TSA with like, all this gear because I never check a bag or sorry. Yeah. I never check a bag. I was carry on. Right. So imagine like trying to go to through TSA and they seeing like, cause all those portable routers are always like, they got fins and they're purple and yellow and cool and weird looking and dead 
techno dizzy bullshit and like you know a tsa agent is gonna be like uh is this a bomb like <laughs> no i get it um and actually another funny tsa story um somebody that i know well may or may not have uh accidentally taken their swiss army knife all the way through tsa twice to nice. vegas and back last week without getting checked Nice. Government's keeping us safe. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is that it was, I think, underneath an iPad. And that's probably the only thing that uh, kept it. Oh, like getting in their back. backpack? Yeah. 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 Um, true story. My dad used to be in vending. And I remember we were traveling with him somewhere. And um, he had just done his route before we went to the airport. So he had a bag full of coins and a bag full of, like, just dollar bills in his carry-on suitcase and they pulled his bag across and they like really started questioning him. And my dad, oddly enough, was just like, what? There's nothing wrong with it. What's wrong with having a bag of coins? And they're like, that could be a weapon. <laughs> and I, like, I just went to the internet and I go, does he look like the kind of person who knows that he can be used as a weapon? Come on. Like my dad was like 70 something when this happened. I was like, he's not swinging that bag around. He's going to try to pay a taxi cab driver nothing but quarters. In quarters. <laughs> Uh, I love you, Dad. Um, all right, so back to back to networks and stuff like that. Because kind of we're on a little bit on topic. Um, what's your what's your network brand of choice? Because everyone has one, like a like an ice cream flavor. So I mean, I I don't really anymore because I you know obviously right. I don't do that. Because you're out of it, yeah. Right, because because I'm out of the day to day, right? But um, I would say that uh, back in the day. It was uh, pretty much Sonic Wall and Juniper. Um, Oof. Now we would use some Netgear for some from for some really inexpensive installs. Right. Um, but we're talking about you know I go back to the days where we had dual modem Netgear routers where you could plug in two 56k modems on two phone lines <laughs> and get double the speed. Tell us what it was like back in the day, Dad. I mean, that's the way it Wait, was. Wait, okay, what do you... Well, yeah, you had, you had to use... Wait, so I don't need to do that, but what do you have in your house now? What are you using for a firewall at home? So now I'm I'm, I'm using a, a decent Asus router. I I, I like those. Um, okay. You know, they, they tend to have less issues from a security standpoint. Of course, I lock it down as much as I can, right? And right. Uh, it... I've used it in the, in the whole house, you know, three stories without having to do any kind of repeaters, except for, I do have a repeater for the ring cameras because those are a little bit farther out than, you know, what right. somebody with, with a computer or a phone or a laptop is going to use. I hate those extenders. Those oh, a pain extender things. They are horrible. We went to a client this week uh, while we were away, and he said to me, he showed me a picture of his network stack before we left, so I knew what he had, right? And he had a Meraki firewall, which we ended up taking out because he's out of license, and he had a Zytel Wi-Fi. And he goes, this is covering the Wi-Fi for our, our, our location. And we said, okay, fine. And then we got there, and we go, what's your SSID? And he tells us what it is. And we see his SSID, and then we see the SSID2, SSID underscore EXT, EXT2, EXT3, EXT4. 
I'm like, which one of these do you connect to? He's like, oh, whichever one works. And I'm like, that's not how Wi-Fi is supposed to work, man. Yeah. Um, and, you know, these companies, they make it sound like it's so easy that you can mix and match the extenders, which you definitely cannot. Um, I hate those. Things. I think the extender market needs to go away. And I think people need to, in, at least at home, adopt something that does meshing, whether well, that's Amplify or Eero or whatever. Yeah, Google's, is it called Google Nest now? Their network? Something, something like, that. like that. Or just Google Wi-Fi, maybe. I, I looked at those and my problem was, because I really want to segment out... Um, my IOT stuff from the rest of the network. Um, yeah. And and I, I segmented the kids off on their own network as well so that I could, combination of security and QoS, or yeah, QoS. Right. Um, you know, so that I can control that a little bit more with different SSIDs. The range extender, it's very single purpose, right? Nobody yeah, else is yeah, connecting yeah. to it. <laughs> It's literally the one camera that hangs off the garage on the way far side of the house from the router. Yeah. I mean, for you, it makes sense, right? You, you know, you have a purpose for it. So many people just get them because they don't realize, you know, what kind of coverage they have. Right. Um, I like the Eros uh, personally. I, I even bef- I liked them better before they were Amazon. Um, but Amazon, if you want to sponsor ATMSP slash link ATMSP dot link slash sponsor. Um, the I like it because one, as an MSP, uh, you can become an Eero Pro pretty easily, which is pretty awesome. So I can actually remotely take care of clients' Eros without needing their login, which is super super helpful. Um, and two, they're great for my residential clients, especially in Manhattan, where all the walls are made out of concrete. Yes. Right. You have a, you have a nice apartment on 72nd and central park West. It, whether it's three rooms or 30 rooms, every one of those rooms is two inch poured concrete. Right. And so, you know, an extender is not going to do you any good. You need to be able to have that line of sight. And the way the heroes work, especially before when they had the beacons that just plugged right into the wall, like a, like a, a VIX, you know, air freshener thing. Um, those things were clutch. They were so good. I love that product. I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed that Amazon. I mean, I'm not shocked, but I'm just annoyed that Amazon botched that one. Did what they did with it. I have at home. I used to do a full Meraki set at home. Um, because I had scoundered up spare parts and then I had to buy licenses for it, and I loved it. Except that all of the time, I, I had the Nest cams. I also had the Drop cams and whatever they were called before that. Um the the they would always go on and offline a lot because it for whatever reason like the older drop cam versions would only work on certain frequencies within 2.4 and whatever and then it came time for me to relicense my Meraki equipment and for like half the price of me relicensing my equipment i bought a unify stack and so when i moved here i brought over the unify stack with me and so i have a i have a uh, UDM Pro, Unified Dream Machine Pro, two switches, two 24 port switches, full PoE, um, and then a couple of access points throughout the house. And then when I moved here, I actually wanted to like build it out a little bit more. So I bought the new Unify RPS redundant power system, which only worked with my UDM Pro and doesn't work with my switches because I have the cheaper switches, not the enterprise switches. 
um, which is kind of annoying. And I bought uh, a UDM uh, power distribution unit, which is really cool because you can control all the outlets. There's four USB-C, and then I think there's like 16 outlets. You can control all the actual outlets over the network. All of these devices are networkable. And then I also bought um, a Ubiquiti smart plug. So it's a small little plug. And what's cool about it is there's a, a built-in option in the settings that says, if internet is not detected, reboot switch. And so, or reboot power, because you're supposed to plug your cable modem into it. So if yeah. the cable modem goes offline, it detects that it's offline. It will just try to reboot for you. So I don't have to go back in there and try to do it, um, which is cool. And then I bought a couple of the, I bought a couple of G3 flex cameras, which give me 2K. And I only put them outside, um, but they give me really, really good um, coverage. But more importantly than all of that, I found this really awesome product. And I, I want to talk about this product real fast. And maybe in the edit, you can like show a picture of it on Amazon or something like that. Um, there's this company called Rack Studs. And th- I have a full, I have a full rack, like a full, whatever that is, seven foot tall rack in my mechanical closet. Um, because I'm a psychopath and decided to buy one one day. And I hate dealing with cage nuts. So I have that like that cage nut crimper thing. I call it the nut squasher. Um, but oddly enough, I, keep in mind, I also bought a cheap rack. The metal on the left side is thicker than the metal on the right side. <laughs> so getting the cage nuts in and out, it's like a real one of the ass. So rack studs is a plastic solution um, or a plastic co- composite or whatever right. it is. And they make, they make two pieces. They make one where they make individual ones, which on the thinner side, just slip right in, click, and you push like a separator in to like hold it open. On the, on the thicker side, it was a little bit tricky. I actually got to use a flathead screwdriver to pull them through. And they make, a new, they make a new one called the Duo, which is just a squeezable piece. So on a, on a, in a 1U, you got the three holes. It squeezes and clips into the middle one and just sticks elbows out on the top two holes and then they're just hand screwed little, you know, nuts that go on top and you can use a screwdriver if you want. It, it is simple. It is clean. It is gorgeous. You don't have to worry about sizing. Is it an M5? Is it an M6? Is it an A12? Whatever they are. Right. Like it clips right in. I wish the rack stud duos came in more than a one U size. That's why I needed to buy the individual rack studs. Cause like the power distribution unit, yeah, is a two U unit without a gap, but I bought also a forty eight port uh, patch panel that actually had like it's just female female because I didn't my electricians gave me terminated ends and I don't I don't know how to do wiring and I can't punch down and that oddly enough was basically it was it's two one U frames with one flat forty eight piece on top so I was able to use two sets of the duos. But the only time I really needed it was for this two U unit. Um, but by golly, those are some really awesome products. And I would love to be able to, we should, we should try to reach out to them and see if we can get them on. Because if you haven't tried rack studs, you should, and you're doing racks and you're, you're an MSP who's doing a lot of racks. This is going to be a game changer for you in getting your work done. No more, no more cage nuts, no more matching screws, no more, you know, needing a, power drill to figure out where everything fits this is this is where it's at rack studs and they're on amazon um but they also have their own thing they make red there's like a red one and a purple one in the duo and then they make a couple other 
smaller components or something. So what you're saying is we need an affiliate account so that we can start making money on things that we recommend on the podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do that too. Um, and, and so actually the wiring thing, uh, I, I'm going to ask my controversial question of the day. Okay. <laughs> for the audience. All right, ready. This is for the audience to comment once they're listening to this podcast or, or watching it on YouTube. 468A or 468B. What's your preference? Oh, is this is this the which direction the colors go inside the Ethernet yes, cable? Yes, right? that, that's which. See, I know nothing about cabling. It's the, it's the punch down pattern. Yes, it's a punch down pattern. What? Okay, what's the difference? I have For those no idea. No, right. <laughs> I just I always use four sixty eight B because it's newer. I don't know. Uh, you Do you think it's newer just because it's B? Yes. <laughs> well, because A obviously had to come first, right? What, what if B just meant backwards? I don't know. It always works for me unless I punched it down wrong. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't do wiring. I've tried. I tried. You know, they say like, uh, I got a kit and they say like, if you do it a hundred times, you'll be able to do it in the blind. Nope. Never work. I can never get, I can never really get them to work right. I don't have the dexterity in my fingers. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that was the thing. And yeah. then once... Once I found a cable guy, I was like, good, I'm not doing cables anymore. Exactly, yeah. That's why I bought an entire company, Columbia, Missouri, to do all my cabling for me. Cause I, can't do it. I actually was like, after our electricians came and did all the work here, I said, I should have just had Kyle come up from Columbia and just do it here for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so so for, so that's my own stack. It's a lot of ubiquity stuff. And then for my clients, though, um, here's where the great debate was, is that prior to starting to acquire companies in the Midwest, we used to only do Meraki because people in New York would spend the money on it. And I would never do Meraki switches. I always think Meraki switches were so insanely expensive. So I would always ever do like a 64, 65, or now a 67, 68, um, or an 84, and uh, Meraki access points. And I would always just use some sort of like dumb switch because who cared for the most part, with the exception of like one client who has a, a Meraki switch. And... But now I'm getting to the point where Meraki jacked up their prices. Like their licensing went up. And I understand, you know, it's August of 2023 and like the economy is the economy and things like that. Everyone's charging 3% service charges now because we all think that's okay to do. That way they don't have to eat the credit card fee. Um, but like for, for companies like Meraki to to like almost double their licensing pricing when I would say ubiquity is maybe 80% to 90% as good as Meraki. I, I it took me a long time to get sold on it. I'm talking about, we, this has been three years in the making. Um, and it's like a sixth the price. Like I, I, I kind of feel like it's a no brainer at that point. Um, the downside is, you don't get as good support from uh, ubiquity as you will from Meraki, but I think they're working on that. I think they're I think their email support's fine, but like if I need help with something in Meraki, I can call a number, give them an eight digit code, and I have someone who can immediately help me without any questions, problems, or issues. Yeah. Um, so a lot of my New York clients Meraki, a lot of my Midwest clients are ubiquity, and any of my home clients are on Euro. So that's my stack. So I want to hear from you, the listener. 
uh, once you decide which color coordinated Ethernet cables you want to go with, um, which I still want. If anyone can find me a place who does custom dyed Ethernet cables, we've talked about this on on previous episodes. Um, what's your stack? What's your stack that you have at home? What's your stack that you have uh, that you sell to your clients, and why? Right. The one reason I'll give you the one reason I, I groaned earlier when you said Sonic Wall was. And granted, I've been using Sonic Wall a long time, and I'm pretty sure it's changed. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if it's not. I hated the fact that I couldn't make a change to a Sonic Wall without it rebooting. If I have to make a change to something in the middle of the day, I'm not waiting until 6 p.m. when I'm going to go have dinner with my family because you wanted to change in your firewall, right? Meraki and yeah. Ubiquity change or they're cloud-based. They change on the fly, and they happen immediately. They do not reboot or take down the entire network. And I feel like any firewall company, Fortinet, uh, uh, Sonic Wall, whatever, they all still do that. And that's such a like old school mentality to doing things. Like there's no reason why it needs to reboot in the middle of the day or make it's like it's a lose lose. It either reboots in the middle of the day or I have to like ruin a part of my evening to do something, um, which I don't want to do. So that that's why that's why I was big on Meraki. Huh? Called scheduled reboots. It doesn't matter that they're scheduled or not. Uh, they're on my schedule. And if something goes wrong and it doesn't reboot or it does reboot and it doesn't come back up, what what am I going to do? Yeah. Number one fear of an IT guy dealing with routers or servers, if I reboot it, it's not going to start back up again. Yeah. That's why I like the Meraki. That's why I like Eero. That's why I like uh, any any of the cloud providers, Ubiquity, Meraki, Eero, because those configuration changes happen immediately. There is no um, there is no reboot necessary for those, yep. and that's that's why I like those. So that's my stack, um, and what I think about that. That's my take on it. That's my hot take, folks. Well, and. Guess what? We've expired another podcast. Bingus sounds so terminal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've threatened before, right? (laughs) Why don't you just say, like, we've reached the end of our Ethernet line and we need a new box? Uh, Because that would be called terminating. Oh, I see where you're going. (sighs) It's been a long day. And for those who, if, whether whether or not this made that in the cut, in this cut, or I've been up since four a.m. Central Time, which might as well just be four a.m. Eastern Time, and we record this late in the afternoon on, on East Time, uh, East Coast Time, and I haven't slept. So <laughs> that's okay. It makes for a better podcast. There's nothing like Zany Justin for a good show. Well, thanks for all for listening to the, uh, the All Things MSP podcast. Follow us at facebook.com slash groups slash all things MSP. See the YouTube of this and uh, my horribly gross I haven't shaved in two weeks beard at youtube.com slash at all things MSP. And if you want to be a guest or a sponsor, atmsp.link slash guest or atmsp.link slash sponsor. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment. Five stars, one star. We read them all. We love them all. We love you. Thanks for listening. Bye.
And now that you've watched that mess of a podcast, don't forget to watch one of these and go ahead and click that subscribe button so you get to watch more. Yeah, just go ahead and do it. Click the button and then watch one of the other videos. I'm watching.